0: You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe. And worldwide at IRLoneStar.com.
1: Hour. I'm Amy Wrestler, County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health here in Montgomery County. And I've got two of my coworkers with me. You guys are looking very handsome today, and you're you're Coats and ties. Thank you. we dress up. You're welcome. Yes. So this is, uh, we've got Brandon Gregson and Matt Holloway. So Matt's a, Matt is like the new kid on the block, and we're going to talk a little bit um, with him. Not a little bit. We're going to actually talk a lot about you and your job and your work and what you're doing. But let's start with you, Brandon. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh,
0: like you said, Brandon Gregson. I'm uh, the county extension agent here in Montgomery County for the Agriculture and Natural Resource Program. And what does that mean? It basically means that I do a a lot of adult programming um, and work with agriculture producers um, and residents um, here in Montgomery County. Um, Could be livestock, could be pasture related, could be pond management, um, just helping address those issues here in the county.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and when you say um, programming for adults, that's, so we are very fortunate here in Montgomery County to have several yes. extension agents. And so we have a couple of extension agents who work specifically with youth and youth programming. So um, you and I are able to focus more on programming uh, towards adults, although we, we still do some There's of the There's some crossover with yeah. the youth
0: program with uh, Michelle Mahalik, our 4-H agent, and Justin Sines, our urban youth agent. Um, and some of the youth programming that they do, sometimes we we get to the opportunity to assist with that, too.
1: Yeah. And then we've mentioned this before. So, um, you know, this is the Extension Hour. We talk about our people, our programs, our partners. And um, one of the things about our people and our programs is that they are in every county in Texas. Um, And some some counties just have two agents. Some counties just have one agent, like the one that you came from before you were here. Yeah. Yeah. So our neighbors in San San Jacinto County, Mm -hmm. one agent. One agent. She handles loan, it all. The home ranger, the boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like I said, we're fortunate. We've got five, six <laughs> agents, and we've got a couple of program assistants. We've got some awesome um, support staff that are there to help us. And our new kid on the block That's is right. Matt Holloway. So say hey, Matt.
2: Hey, how's everybody doing? My name is Matt, and I am. I'm the new disaster and recovery <laughs> agent for Montgomery County with an emphasis on the word new. I've been mm-hmm. here since February, mm-hmm. so still... Still trying to learn the ropes. Mm.
1: And then a unique thing about your position, too, is it's actually an area position. So you, you office with us, although, you know, we've seen you a couple uh, times and we'll and talk there, about why why that's happened. But um, you cover other counties as I do, well. I do.
2: I'm currently, I serve Walker, Waller, San Jacinto, Montgomery County, and uh, Grimes County. So, uh, yeah, I, like y'all said, we're fortunate that we do have a strong support staff. But, you know, for the Lone Rangers out there, it's a great, you know, hope I'm a needed resource in those areas in the future to help them out.
1: Yeah. So speaking of needed resources, um, what, what is this t- statistic? Like um, a disaster happens in Texas mm-hmm. every well, seven months? every seven months. There's is something we're, happening we're now, somewhere.
2: One thing or another. If it's not hurricanes, floods, it's winter storms. Mm, Who knows? Right. Global pandemics. we got all kinds of fun <laughs> stuff to tackle.
1: And your, your first day was February 16th, February. 2021. It was. (laughs) Which was?
2: If anyone can remember, that is right in the middle of the winter storm that we got for the first time in who knows how long, Mm. where we were basically shut down. A lot of people were without water. So my first day here, I was driving a box truck to and from a uh, National Guard facility to the Montgomery County Food Bank. So I did that for about 12 hours a day for three days in a row. So it was Mm. great.
1: And then, you know, besides, besides that, um, COVID has been one of those things, which, you know, it's not something that we usually think about in terms of disaster. I mean, I guess before, before 2020, we wouldn't right. have thought, you know, a pandemic would be a disaster because we were thinking like natural disasters, hurricanes, floods, fires, freezes, all those kinds of things like we just mentioned. But COVID's been a disaster that um, we, we've been addressing through the DAR unit.
2: Absolutely. And while it would not be night might not be a disaster in the traditional sense. It is mm-hmm. one of those things where, you know, agriLife has become, they're adaptable, you know, they're flexible in addressing those issues. So yeah, COVID, it's kind of taken a front seat to what we're doing now, which is a lot of uh, PPE delivery. We're working with a lot of nursing homes, schools, a lot of healthcare facilities around the entire Houston area. So um, not just in Montgomery County, we're all over the place. There's 18 of us throughout the state that are currently, you know, doing what they can to help mitigate the mitigate the risk factor during covid mm-hmm. so
1: so it's a a lot of response and so COVID response is kind of what you're doing so you mentioned a lot of deliveries and that kind of thing Um, but you know long term it's going to be there's a disaster every seven months but that doesn't mean that there's a disaster every week that needs to be addressed right absolutely and
2: once we're on the other side of this um, we're hoping we can transition back to what we want to do with helping every Texan and our role in that is you know disaster preparedness and disaster response what to do pre and post disasters everything from continued education to the public how to navigate the you know in the event of a disaster how to navigate the fema website so that you know residents can receive needed relief Mm -hmm. so it's a lot of um there's a lot of avenues that we're going to be able to help out with so it's just about preparedness and uh you know staying on top of things as much as possible
1: sure so how did you get into this (laughs) position how did how did you get here
2: right that's a good question so um you know i work for the city of houston and uh you know i got my degree from stephen f austin in public administration and um, i was drawn to that just because of the aspect of i wanted to be able to help people just kind of give back you know i grew up in a house full of my mom was a teacher so i kind of always enjoyed that aspect of the you know the position and yeah i found texas a&m AgriLife, and i saw the the work they were doing and it was really great and the dar unit being one of the newer units i you know i read through the responsibilities and i thought that was something that you know it really fit with what I was trying to do, which was, you know, continue to educate, you know, those in need, while at the same time, you know, in a worthwhile career, you know, something that I thought actually would have some real benefit in the long run.
1: All right, because our, our mission is helping Texans thrive. Um, so whatever we can do to help Texans make their lives better, and um you know obviously disasters have a profound effect on quality of life, so there's lots of things that can be done right. to help Texans with that so Brandon, just to to um recap, I know you've mentioned this before, but how did you get into extension? <laughs>
0: well <clears throat> i I grew up um here. In the 4-h and ffa program and i was always going to be an ag teacher mm-hmm. like uh, literally here in montgomery here county right here yeah. <laughs> so um <laughs> uh graduated from conroe high school but i always was going to go and be an ag teacher and then i went to college at sam got involved in helping some other counties with their 4-h programs mainly livestock judging through the 4-h program um, just assistance with that i was exposed to what extension does through the 4-h program my academic advisor was a former extension agent in Gonzales county and so he started talking to me about that and that's kind of how they hooked me and uh, I interviewed got a job and I've 20 years later I'm still here so yeah. that's kind of the short version of how I became an extension agent
1: so 20 years from now Matt
2: yeah absolutely yeah. <laughs> to kind of jump off that sure. um, you know that was one thing that i have learned is that the people that get in these roles they're 20 30 40 years so there is a lot of staying power and i think that's for a reason mm-hmm. is it speaks volumes of the organization and where you can go with it which is really wherever you it is what you make it kind of thing so
0: if you have a heart for helping people this is a great job and you mentioned helping people i mean those are the people that really have a lot of tenure here those that really like serving people
1: yeah and we often say it kind of becomes a lifestyle I mean it's it like is. just part of it's a job but it's part of our lives and yeah it's after 20 years you're like what else would <laughs> I do yeah 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 oh. <laughs> a couple of times. Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit more about what the uh, DAR unit does. Um, and we're also going to provide some information for how people can prepare for disasters and what you can do after a disaster happens, because Matt's our expert on that. And then Brandon, of course, all the... The animal issues that come along with disasters. Yeah. I mean, we often focus on people first, but um, the animals are one of those things. If you've got them, like, what do you do with them when, yeah. a, you when don't a disaster them, you gotta comes? You've
0: got to take care of them. <laughs> and you got to get them out of the, the way of whatever's coming. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back um, after we take this break from this is Extension Hour. Where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships right here on Lone Star Radio 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide, Matt. We are worldwide. IRLoneStar.com. That's right. So anybody anywhere in the world can watch this, learn lots of great information. We'll be right back. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension helping Texans make their lives better.
2: Hey, y'all. It's DJ Mike from Dance Diamond, Texas. Join me Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. as I count down the top 10 Texas Red Dirt songs that are packing the dance floor. I'll be featuring local artists and the story behind the hits, shows in the area, as well as new songs that make you want to dance. It's Dance Diamond, Texas with DJ Mike on Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 KCZW and 106.1 KZCC, Conroe, Texas, or online, IRLoneStar.com.
1: And welcome back. This is the Extension Hour. We're talking about our people, our programs, our partnerships. We've got two peoples in here with us, We've got Matt Holloway and Brandon Gregson and we're talking about the DAR unit. So, so all right. Have you have you figured this out? In extension, we use a lot of acronyms, so we got to catch each other, You'll right? Love them. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. And There's no um, glossary to go so, off of. <laughs> yes, so DAR is actually an acronym D A R, and that stands for
2: disaster and recovery. So, so that is da-
1: disaster and recovery. Disaster oh.
2: and recovery. So, okay. really, pre and post. So, we always like to say it's better to be. You know, it's better to be proactive than reactive, but when you can't be reactive or when you can't be proactive, make sure you know how to be properly reactive. Mm -hmm. So meaning what steps can you take after a disaster are, you know, just as important because they're stressful situations, disasters. Mm -hmm. We know that. So what can we do to kind of make it as easy as possible on the public that are involved or impacted by those disasters? And that's really kind of where the DAR unit what we try to do is we make sure that we're there, and we cover a lot of bases. It's not just what can we do during floods. We rely heavily on other members in the extension service, So, such as when it comes to livestock. We will rely heavily on Mr. Brandon here to help us out in those instances. And so we kind of do. We lean on each other to make sure that we're helping out however we possibly can during disasters. So it's not just about what our unit can do, which it's kind of a— Across, you know, a team effort. I guess is what I'm getting at. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So, because there's a lot of connections to a lot of, like you said, the other things that we do in extension. And one of the things that um, people don't think about very often is mental health. Absolutely. So, what does disaster do to mental health?
2: Absolutely, and that is another area that we fixate on. And uh, yeah, mental health and mental preparedness—how you can properly. Handle the public, handle yourself, how you can take care of yourself during these stressful situations when, you know, tensions can be high. Um, You know, you go into any kind of disaster area and any kind of response and you can immediately see that the people that are impacted there, they're they're part of a community. And, you know, that community that they've known, it's kind of, you know, it's in a rough spot. Mm -hmm. So taking care of yourself mentally is something that we do address in the DAR unit. We do actually have some certified mental health coaches that we can actually send out our responses and yeah. that can kind of help out there.
1: Right. So um, one of the things that we do here in Montgomery County is um, our coworker, Mike McBride, who is a program assistant, is a certified um, mental health first aid trainer. So we can offer trainings to help people with what's called mental health first aid. So it's kind of like the same idea of, um, you know, medical first aid, right? Somebody gets cut and starts bleeding, what do you do? Or someone um, is not breathing, what do you do? So you administer first aid until professional help can get there. So the uh, mental health first aid kind of goes through some of those steps that people can do when they um, come across someone who is appears to have a mental health challenge that can happen to any of us at any time but then you know you put disaster on top of that so you know sometimes life can be enough to deal with and then you know a flood's hit or what you know the 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 pipes burst and the you know all kinds of things that just make it that much uh, more stressful most definitely (laughs) so that mental health first aid is available if anybody's interested in that and then we have some stress less with mindfulness just general classes to help with with stress as well. And uh, the DAR unit has an awesome mental health specialist, Michaela Smith.
2: Absolutely. She's great. So she's actually the one who teaches our class, teaches mm-hmm. us how to, you know, those techniques that are very important in those situations. Mm-hmm. So.
1: so what's one of the best things you learned from Michaela?
2: Let's see. <laughs> how to handle a disgruntled resident. Those are pretty mm-hmm. good ones. How to, you know, it's really just how to calm someone down. Mm-hmm. Just how to talk to them. That's really all. Like, in the end, it's just knowing that, conveying to that person that they know that you're there with their best interest in mind during a situation that is tough to navigate. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so um, when it comes to handling animals, that's one of the things that uh, Brandon deals with. And so we're, we're excited to have a DAR unit, but it is a relatively new unit that's happened kind of uh, after Hurricane Harvey. Um Extension is well positioned, right? So we've got um, Extension offices in every county in Texas. So we already have this extraordinary network in place where we can share information, um, you know, provide assistance in every part of Texas. Um, But that meant, like in some cases, um, taking agents away from the work and the the plans that they already had to, um, divert their attention to something else. Whereas the DAR DAR unit, that's pretty much what you guys are there for. So you're going to also do a lot of education, like blue skies, education is what it's called. Right. But, um, at the same time, it'll, it'll help Brandon not have to leave (laughs) the, um, grounds maintenance conference that needs to come up. Yeah. Whatever whatever it is. So tell us a little bit about some of your experiences that you had, um, before in addressing, um, disasters.
0: Historically, uh, prior to establishment of the uh, disaster and recovery agents, Extension has groups of agents that are organized into what they call strike teams. Um, And in the event of a disaster, they're asked to go out and perform certain tasks. And in my experience, it's been um, help and relief at livestock supply points like during Hurricane Harvey or after Hurricane Harvey when you've got stranded livestock that have no food or fresh water because a storm surge could come in and it could just be salt water Mm -hmm. they can't drink that Um, it'll kill them so we're organized to distribute feed resources hay resources maybe even carry out water to the livestock maybe even help help the national guard or the army come in with choppers and and drop hay down on those livestock that are on an island stuck out there Mm because they can't get to them um so there's that kind of thing or you know working animal shelters during harvey montgomery county had an active large animal shelter at the fairgrounds Mm -hmm. and uh, they took in a large number of livestock um working with our emergency management here and um so that's, that's all been in place for a while now, and then post-Harvey we get um, the opportunity to have these, these DAR agents, and they're a great added resource. And like you say, I mean, we'll, it, it'll, it'll take some pressure off of us to have to be out because we won't be the only resource there is. We'll still, be, we'll still have active strike teams, True. but we'll have these guys that are there to help us um, pre- and post-organize and, and, and help people.
1: right right because it you know we disasters like you don't know exactly what's going to happen or what the um, magnitude of it's going to be so it's possible that there may still be something that comes up that means all hands on deck but at least we've got we've got the dar agents like on top of it ready to go you're already in that in that mode because i i don't know about you but for me some of the frustrating thing was it is you know shifting gears it was kind of hard you're like going on this and then you trying to shift to, to that whereas they'll you guys already be in the groove. absolutely I mean, the groovy dudes
2: they, they, <laughs> those the strike team members they're an invaluable resource because i know brandon even yourself i've seen your name was on a couple of the strike team lists mm-hmm. that were people just volunteer to help so it is one of those things where there are there's the dar unit but it does during times especially like covid it takes a village Mm -hmm. to kind of you know provide the need that the necessary help that is you know required.
1: Mm -hmm. And we mentioned blue skies so what do you get what are you gonna do when there's not a disaster happening?
2: So at the moment where I'm kind of just you know just what I'm hoping to do is something for new homeowners that's something that I kind of find near and dear to my heart. I just bought my first house so you know there's a lot (laughs) working with the Montgomery County Habitat for Humanity. There's a lot of first-time homeowners that you know they I don't wanna say are lacking, but they need the knowledge of how to properly be prepared during the event of a natural disaster, whether mm-hmm. that is, you know, evacuation routes, uh, go backs, you know, things as simple as where do I go to turn the water off if I have, a, you know, my pipes burst again. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a really all encompassing program that I think has a lot of, There's it's gonna be a very strong program that we can provide. Um, another thing is how do I navigate the FEMA website for mm-hmm. you know potential you know aid after a grants after you know a disaster hits. So those can be very convoluted and they're not easily easily accessible or easy to navigate. So I think that courses like that that can kind of help take some of that pressure off or a real strong area of what the DAR unit can provide.
1: Most definitely, because there's so much there's so much information out there, right? There so you can find almost anything online, but. Sometimes it can get really overwhelming. Logged like, Yeah. And even when you find it, like, what what does this mean? There's all so, this
0: information, but what's the right information? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. It, and how do, how do I make sense of it for my situation? Mm-hmm. So that's, I think, where you guys are going to come in really handy. And I know this happens to you all the time, Brandon, with, you know, even the, the ag exemptions and the wildlife mm-hmm. exemptions. Like, I, I see all this stuff online, but... What does does this mean (laughs) for me?
0: How does this apply to me in my situation? And everybody's is different. Mm -hmm.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So, again, one of those great things about Extension and our people and our programs um, and all the partners that we have. And, um, okay, so we want to talk more about, like, things that people can actually do, right? So we're talking about we're here to help but when a disaster comes we're going to talk specifically about animals and some we'll give some tips for that and then we'll also talk about just kind of general how Texans can get ready for any kind of disaster that comes so we're going to um, take a break and we're going to come back with like news that you can use (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, we'll be back right after this with uh, Brandon and Matt talking about disaster preparedness this is the extension hour see you in a minute
0: for h and Youth, and Family and Consumer Sciences. Extension agents respond not only with answers, but also with resources and services that result in significant returns on investment to boost the economy. Join us Fridays at 1 o'clock for the AgriLife
1: Extension Hour.
2: We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in an environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at at pathataplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better.
1: welcome back to the extension hour we're talking about disastrous things because disasters happen um, about every seven months or so there's a a disaster in texas anyway Um, and things that we don't necessarily um, think that are going to happen i mean i guess that's part of what makes them disaster right so if you can prepare for them ahead of time that helps make them less disastrous but um, one of the We were talking earlier about unexpected things, and the winter storm was one of those ones here in Texas. Like, you know, it gets cold here, but it that that coldness that happened that you know your first week at work, (laughs) well, welcome to Extension. But so you'd lived in Texas for a while and you're familiar with it, but you know we don't get that cold here in the southern part of that Texas, was first. That often. yeah that's
0: why a lot of people from up north moved down here they tried to get,
1: out, <laughs> get, get away from it, it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah they brought it with them <laughs> okay so we're going to take just in general right so whether you're whether you've lived here your whole life or whether you've come from up north and you've moved to texas so um how do you get ready for disasters i mean like what do you do to make sure that i mean not to make sure but just to to do something to prepare yourself
2: absolutely and, and i mean again we'll start by we've all tried to go to a grocery store <laughs> right as we know a <laughs> where's, the toilet paper? <laughs> where's the toilet paper where's the water where's <laughs> anything on the shelves so it might seem obvious but one of the best things you can do is to go ahead and start to acquire some of those items uh, water for example you should have a three-day supply of water on hand at all time food we all know that you want if you're going to go buy food make sure it's non or it's non-perishable uh, canned foods are good nowadays in the post COVID world we live in, make sure that you know, you keep your n 95 mask on you at all times, you know, you never know, where you're going to be going kind of environment you're going to be going into. Um, And then small things like, you know, a radio that could be your only source of communication you go without power for too long cell phones do die if you don't turn them off so you need
1: And then often the internet doesn't work mm-hmm. when the uh, power goes out too so you can't even get online it seems yeah. like one of those
2: things we forget to think Take of for, granted, uh, for um, sure a battery operated radio with plenty mm-hmm. of batteries to sustain that for as long as you see fit um money uh, currency cash it's you know it seems like it's going by the wayside but a lot of times during a disaster, you go try to pump gas and the credit card machines are down. Mm. So it's just those little things. Um, and then make sure that you know if you have infants, small ones, you, know, you wanna pack enough baby formula for them, those diapers, things like that. Uh, really, it's just about taking an inventory of what you currently have, what you think you're gonna need and make sure that you can sustain that for the foreseeable future. We know that disasters can sometimes last Days, maybe even weeks, unfortunately. So mm. it's just about being prepared. Uh, make sure you know flashlights. Make sure you know your escape routes as well. We've seen so many times people that are trying to leave their homes during a hurricane get on the one road that is notorious for flooding. And we see the signs all the time, turn around, don't drown. So mm. maybe know those alternate access roads to get to where you need to go.
1: Right. Have a plan. Have a plan. To like meet up with your loved ones. Because if you're not in the same place when you're evacuating, like how are you going to connect again? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, so sometimes talk about having a go bag ready. So some of those things that you just mentioned are things that would be in your go bag, right? So you can just grab it and go. Just grab
2: it and go. Pack it once and then just put it in the closet, put it in the car. Actually, probably go ahead and just put it in the car so you don't even have to remember to grab it. Just leave it there. Don't touch it. And then should the day come that you need it, you'll already have it. Mm -hmm. Oh, we also like to just recommend, that you know, gas cans gasoline. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we've seen people that are trying to evacuate during hurricanes that are on evacuation routes for hours on end. Mm-hmm. So it's just another one of those small things that might be overlooked, but is actually very important.
1: Mm-hmm. Medications.
2: Mm-hmm. L- the list of medications that you might need. We've, you know, all too well, insulin. That's mm-hmm. another one that we've seen that's hard to come by. So absolutely, just anything that you will need. To get also, through. a list
0: of medications on your person, because if you are, unfortunately, being rescued by someone and they need to n- reference what you're taking, mm-hmm. it's good for a medical professional to have that as a reference.
1: All right. And then what about, <clears throat> speaking of records, like what kind of, re- do you need to take records with you, or how do you?
2: Absolutely. I mean, those, uh, yeah. driver's license, social security cards. Anything that is important that you could potentially lose, it is great to have at least pictures of them, so anything that can help you identify, you know, even even photos of your pets, Mm because you are separated and those pets might happen to end up in an animal shelter, you know, some way to prove that you are who you say you are and that is your pet, so. Mm -hmm.
1: And we wanna talk more about uh, pets and animals and that kind of thing too, but just um, a few more general things, and one of the, um, a great resource for finding information about all kinds of things is our EDEN website. Absolutely. Another acronym. That Eden. is one
2: of the uh, the Extension Disaster Education Network. So it is TexasHelp.agrilife, and on there there are a number of links, a number of material there that will redirect you to various websites from everything from influenza to COVID to winter storm preparedness. So really a little bit of everything, and that is free to the public. Uh, we can also you can also access our bookstore TexasHelp.Tamu.edu where there are a number of books on there with some extended literature. And those are all free to purchase as well. So you just have to go in, download those. And they are some very, there's some great material in there that, you know, can be utilized by anyone.
1: Yeah. And, okay, so just because I have trouble remembering things sometimes. So it's Texas, you know, obviously like the state of Texas that we live in. And help, like, oh my gosh, I need help. I need help. Texas help. And then T A M U T A
2: M U Texas A and M University T A M U dot edu education so yeah. it can't be a little confusing
1: yeah but it's it, it's pretty easy to find we'll put a link below there you go all right Brandon did you have some things that you wanted to add to I things don't know. that oh you were, you were making notes like oh, well, like I was you just, had something that you know. needed to so on that there is lots of um, information about like we said all kinds of of things um, that you can you can access um so let's talk a little bit too though about pets so we'll, we'll start out just talking about little pets right so your, your pets inside inside your home usually or near your home again so what are some uh tips there
2: know they, they they can't take care of themselves so for your pets you want to make sure that you have uh again for as much food as you think you'll need they're going to need that much food as well mm-hmm. so cats dogs you know you want to make sure that you can kennel them if need be should you have to relocate to a shelter oftentimes they will ask that those pets There, cats I know are especially one that we've learned through our deployments with the vet team that cats like to move around a lot and sometimes they can get away so make sure you know it would be nice to have a kennel something that can contain that animal so they don't go running off and you lose them so
1: even if they don't like it (laughs) (laughs)
2: Um, leashes that's another important one carriers and crates leashes as well you know you want to make sure also back to you know we say that you know folks should have their prescriptions make sure that if you have a animal you have their vaccination records Mm -hmm. for their up-to-date rabies shots you know again that might seem a little like something that you wouldn't think of in the moment but in the long run that'll that'll aid you tremendously
1: right and then what about those big animals those ones that are well i mean (laughs) out in the pasture
2: whether they're big or small
0: you know to add a little bit to what he was saying. Make sure you have the plan, but and make sure that if you can't take them with you, then you have alternate arrangements, whether that's a kennel or a family member's home that they can go and stay with, where they'll be out of danger. Um, And again, that's small and large animals. And one thing that we we do with large animals um, that I think more people should take advantage of, in the fall and in the spring, our adult horse committee does a... We do a freeze branding clinic, which identifies your animal with your particular brand, Mm but a really important thing that our local farm bureau has been sponsoring is um, they're, they're paying for horses to be microchipped. Mm. That way, if they do happen to get lost, they can easily be scanned and they know exactly where they go. And that also applies to our small animals too, microchipping those animals so that they can quickly be, a, be paired with who they belong to. It saves a lot of time in the long run. Um, one of the things that we see um, happen in the event of a disaster is that most people naturally, on a daily basis, don't think about a disaster. Mm-hmm. They don't think about flood water and how it will impact them. In Harvey, we saw flooding where there's not been flooding in forever. So people weren't thinking about that. But if you go ahead and have a plan, it at least gives you a leg up on the situation because you're already going to be panicked in the middle of this, this scenario. So if you already have a plan in place, then it can at least give you some direction and um, get you quicker to where you need to be with your animals. Mm-hmm. Look, already have identified where a supply point might be. You, know? you can call the extension office and say, hey, if I have to evacuate my horses, and I say this because we have people do it. Mm-hmm. Before this last storm that we were looking at, we had people calling that week ahead of time saying, okay, I'm in Alvin. I need to move horses. If this hits us, where do I go? And we were directing them where to go. So already have that mapped out. And then it's, uh, it just saves a lot of time and a lot of stress. Yeah.
1: So, Cause it's not always going to be the supply points may or may not be in the same place right. every time. Right. Like sometimes we do set up one at mm-hmm. the Montgomery County fairgrounds. Typically it's we, one place, but maybe typically we
0: are a pass through mm-hmm. for, um, horses and cattle. Um, and they typically will go to a a northern county uh, from us, and then when they reach capacity, Texas Animal Health Commission will say, okay, Brandon, we're ready to open up. Can we open up a large animal shelter? Mm -hmm. Because we don't have room for these up here anymore, and that's when we'll open up a place like the fairgrounds if it's available to us, or uh, we have some some ranchers that will open up their facilities, too, Mm -hmm. Um, and it's... You know that that's typically how things things work and so but, it's a go ahead, but it's the same thing for your small pets and your large animals, horses, cattle, pigs, chickens, goats, whatever they are, have a plan have have uh, all that mapped out, and f- food and water resources have that thought about too so
1: and so does every animal have to be moved?
0: Uh, not anim- not every animal mm-hmm. has to be moved um, you know most people there's a great majority of people that based on their location geography has a lot to do with right. it you know um, the health status of that animal might be something okay. so uh, when we see animals move typically if it's a hurricane related in, in uh, instance then they're coming from the coast mm. we even had some that were making plans to come in from Louisiana uh, during this last storm um, so that's what we usually see move, but it's, it's usually a ge- geographic situation where someone uses common sense and says, hey, there is a chance mm-hmm. that we could have a problem here, so better safe than sorry. Go ahead and make a plan to move.
1: Mm-hmm. And there's a difference, too, between where you take small animals and where you take large animals, correct? Yes,
0: typically for this county specifically and, and other counties, Well, but here, most likely we'll be at the fairgrounds where we can handle livestock. And then our local animal shelter, uh, Aaron and Mark uh, run that, and they coordinate all small animal um, emergency response during a situation like mm-hmm. that. So, and they'll have a they'll have an,
2: uh, a location secured as well. So.
1: Okay. Is there anything you want to add to that, Matt?
2: Oh, no, I think you did a great job. I mean, again, if you actually Reference back to the uh, Eden website there. There's Mm -hmm. a number of uh, disaster recovery resources that are specific for animals on there.
1: Right. So each individual animal, um, you know, different species of animals, you can Mm -hmm. kind of figure out what it is that you need by downloading specific information. And then I also mentioned that that has a lot of recovery information on it as well. So what to do after Mm -hmm. the disaster passes, then, you know, cleaning up. and How do we pick up the people? Yes. It even goes into into your
0: pastures. Like during Ike... For instance, there was a lot of salt water that was pushed really far inland. Mm-hmm. So how do we help um, revive the soil, get our get our grass viable so that our livestock can actually use that as a resource? Because for a long time, we we were feeding livestock and watering livestock by hand because the grass and the soil was contaminated from the storm surge. But that there's a, actually a link on that website. Okay.
1: So we're going to take another break, but we're going to come back and we're going to do like our top 10 top five so i'm gonna give you guys some time to think about this like things that you want people to remember like we've because we've thrown a lot of information out but like you know a few things about disasters what do people need to know what do they need to remember what's going to help them most and we'll do that after we come back from this break and this is the extension hour we'll be back Welcome back. We're talking all about disasters and preparing for disasters. We've got Matt Holloway, who is our DAR agent. So disaster and recovery is his specialty. And then we also have Brandon Gregson with us, who is our county extension agent for agriculture and natural resources. So we've been talking about, you know, what to do when a disaster hits, like preparing ahead of time and then some follow up things. And one of the things um, that's really helpful just to get information, because we are all about education and helping texans make their lives better and so the eden website which is extension disaster education network um so that's texashelp.tamu.edu is the website for that so that's a really good resource to find a lot of this information that kind of what we've been talking about um but we're going to uh kind of close out this show with a with a few top top tips of things or uh things that we want people to remember but before we get into that we also wanted to talk a little bit about donations, right? So after after a disaster, people want to help. You know, and I guess if there's a good thing about it, like we see the goodness in people and people coming together to help. But what happens sometimes is the donations can actually become another problem instead of a solution to a problem, um, because if it's an overwhelming amount or the the wrong kinds of not, not that donations are wrong, but if it's not something that's able to be used immediately, it can actually become a problem by itself. So you said you had uh, visited with the Salvation Army, and they had mentioned some of that.
2: Absolutely, and they briefly touched on, um, after Rockport, we saw you know, a flood of people that were trying to help, and it was, it was great. It was an awesome thing to see. But like you said, it can become burdensome when you have, let's just say, for example, you have people that are strictly showing up bringing clothes, um, when in all actuality, you know, toiletries are what is needed. Uh, socks, things like that, that can help, you know, anything that it's that can help you in the long run, I guess. So sometimes it's best to just kind of call ahead, find mm-hmm. out what is needed so um, that is one thing that you can try to do from you know moving forward is just kind of get an idea of what it is they need instead of just you know showing up there's no wrong way to donate so that's mm-hmm. not what we're, we're not discouraging any help but there are at times whenever it can actually create a little bit of a backlog
1: right which happened with animals right like
2: mm-hmm.
1: get lots of hay and nowhere for that hay to go
2: yeah i mean
0: eventually there was plenty of places for hay to go once right. you get beyond the storm and figure out what's what but I mean there are a lot of resources that they might not necessarily have needed like they might not have needed 100 kennels at one location. Mm-hmm. That's another thing too is to uh if you want to donate great but figure out where things go. You you shouldn't just show up at the Montgomery County Emergency Management office with a truckload of livestock feed because that might not be the re- the place where it goes. Mm-hmm. It may be organized somewhere else. So it's good to know where to donate uh, and what those needs are. One thing that we're, we've been trying to do is, is maintain a list of people who would be willing to donate hay resources, feed resources for horses, for cattle, for other livestock, trailering resources, people who have access to trailers that can help get livestock to, to places. That way, we can share that with emergency management and and then between us we can start making contacts to say okay hey you said that you were a resource and we need that resource Mm -hmm. now if you're still available that way we can kind of control what what's coming in
1: and we sometimes do workshops with emergency Mm -hmm. management to help prepare people Talk, talk about that a little bit
0: we've done some of that in the past um where we just expose people to the resources that are out there we had one oh it's back in 2019 um where the the animal shelter came in and they brought their mobile units mm. um, to kind of showcase those um, and then we talked about a lot of this preparedness stuff just to help get people um, thinking about preparing themselves for the unexpected yeah. so um, and And we do that with with first responders too. We have a we have a, uh, a training coming up in November 16, 17, 18 out at the fairgrounds and it'll be uh, certification hours for first responders, firefighters, vet technicians, veterinarians to get continuing education hours and basically they're going to be trained on how to respond to large animal situations. And it's going to be everything from, you know, a disaster type situation where we're trying to rescue something to a uh, uh, trailer wreck on the highway. How to best... Uh, you know, rescue those horses and keep people safe as, as well. So we do those things, too.
1: Yeah. yeah. So there's always educational opportunities mm-hmm. that we offer. And and uh, once we get past some of this COVID stuff, we're going to have even more with the DAR Absolutely. unit. Um, and another thing that we do is try to respond to local needs. So, you know, if we get a few calls with people asking about hey, I need some more information about how to handle this, um, then we can develop a, a workshop or a training um, for the people locally to do that. I mean, that's one of the things that's come up recently um, in another area of, mm-hmm. of agriculture, but um, in all of our departments. So whether it's a youth or the adult programs, um, we we try to be as responsive as possible to the educational needs that um, are out there in the county. And And when we say educational needs, it's like, Everyday useful information. So you know, not so much like getting a degree education, but just things that you can apply and use in your life now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, top tips. What are some things that people can apply and use in their life now? What was on your list, Matt? You're ready. I All can right. see it. Here we go. All right.
2: Number one, prepare. It's easier to do it now than later. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and go on prepare today. Just make it easier on yourself. I promise.
0: Okay. Uh, my my first one is exactly that almost (laughs) it's basically make a plan pre an event and then try to think through post event as much as you can no one knows it really what that's going to look like Mm -hmm. but have a plan whether it's for you and your family your pets your livestock have something mapped out Prior to something happening,
1: and even if it's a general idea too, right? So, I mean, like I get in my mind sometimes, like I have to have A, B, C, D, and if it doesn't go just like this, then I might get a little (laughs) right, (laughs) a little thrown off
2: that way. So,
1: and what we're talking about unexpected kinds of things. So things are not going to go exactly the way you planned. So also being flexible Mm -hmm. with that, right? All right, what's your number two, Matt?
2: Number two, this one's just kind of going to go back to what was said earlier about extension is to. It's an all-encompassing effort, so when you think disasters, just know that this Eden network here, it's not just hurricanes and COVID. Just check it out. There's a little bit of everything in there, so it's an interesting resource.
1: Okay. What you got, Brandon?
2: Um, basically, this everything
0: kind of stems off of having that plan, but no geography, specifically when it has to deal with your animals um, and your home, even. It's gonna help you know whether you are at risk. How far is the San Jacinto River from my home? Are there any nearby watersheds or creeks that could pose to be a potential problem? Water could creep up in a matter of minutes and I never really thought about that. But if you know the geography, high points and low points and how they might or might not put you at risk, then that can help out a
2: lot too.
1: Okay, what you got number three?
2: Number three, let's see here. Um, To his point, you know, try to take care of yourself. That's one of the big tips that you can come away with. Uh, Look out for yourself. You know, it's important to look out for others during disastrous situations, but make sure that you're taking care of yourself, both mentally and physically.
1: Because you can't help other people if you you are not in good shape. You can't
2: help yourself, absolutely.
1: And what's your number three? Uh, Number
0: three... Basically, I think it's really important to know important contacts mm. during and after an event. Um, even before, like I said, knowing where possible sheltering places would be, but knowing to specific ones, knowing um, the contact for the emergency management uh, office where they're going to set up their operations, they're going to take in phone calls. They'll have a call center there, and they're going to direct people to certain things as it pertains to their situation. A lot of people don't realize that our sheriff's department has a livestock unit Hmm. that responds to situations when we have flood water, we have um, horses out on a highway, cattle out on a highway due to, you know, downed fences and things like that, trees falling on fences. So know that contact. Um, Have a good relationship and have a good contact with a veterinarian that you can help that that's invaluable in terms of pet and livestock help. Um, And of course, know your local extension office contact because typically we are in some way, shape or form involved. Um, Pre, during and post, you know, even if unfortunately you have livestock lost, typically I have state agencies calling me to gather those numbers because in some of those events the usda will generate funding to help um, recover cost of some of that and so it's really important that i get an accurate account of what damages we have to livestock to structures um, to equipment here so that i can report those things on and we can get appropriate funding to help people
1: so, speaking of contacting your local extension office, our office is at ninety twenty Airport Road. We're actually just kind of down the street from the Office of Emergency Management. They're a little bit further down um, on Airport Road, but um, that's where we're located at physically. And then um, you can find us online, MontgomeryTX.org, mm-hmm. and um, we also have um, the Eden Network that we talked about. And then you can call us at the office too. Um, we have several different phone numbers, um, but not. is one of those. It'll get you to whoever you need. Um, And then Matt is at our office as well. But do you have contact information that you want to share?
2: I do. So you can actually reach me at 936-615-6082 for all your disaster-related needs.
1: (laughs) 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 You may be asking for a lot. (laughs) Well, thank you but. guys for being here. I think we've shared some really um, important, helpful information. I mean, nobody likes to think of a disaster um, happening. And hopefully, you know, hopefully this information is never, ever needed. But chances are there's going to be a disaster at some point, And the better we can be prepared for those, the better we can manage those, and the better we can come out on the other side. Any last? Uh, Practice your plan. <laughs> Practice mm-hmm. your plan. Take care of your animals. Take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for joining us for the Extension Hour Um, here where we talk about our people, our programs, our partnerships. And we'll be back next week with more of that. And who knows, we may talk about something totally different next time. So we'll see you then. Thanks. Take care.